This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome again to the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. And today I've got Stephen Morris from the AMPTH degree, and that's M as in Michael. And Stephen's going to tell us about his organization. They specialize in evolving brands with purpose, promise, and profit. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. So, tell me about the EMPTH degree. I mean, when I saw the name, I'm like, okay, this is definitely a different organization. I need to know more about it. So, yeah, the floor, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you. Um, so most people know the mathematical term of nth degree and NTH, which means without limits. And uh, so we kind of stole or borrowed that mathematical term and put an M in front of it. And the, the way we look at uh, what we do is marketing without limits. And uh, Peter Drucker, the famous um, uh, business uh, consulting guru from the 1960s said that there's really only two functions within any organization. Uh, one of which is innovation and the other which is marketing. And so marketing, from my perspective, is really telling the world about what you do and uh, talking, hopefully, to that to, to the world that you're communicating to uh, in a manner that is impactful to them and uh, how it makes a difference in their lives. So really what we do at the nth degree is um, – is we work with organizations at their apex of change. And you know, so a lot of organizations go through um, big, significant changes at some point. And uh, some of those are internal forces, some are external forces. Those internal forces might be you know, uh, an acquisition or a new CEO or a new product launch. Uh, external forces might be things like uh, market conditions changing or a new competitor comes into the space. Um, or organizations sometimes just want to get very serious about the impact they're making on the lives of their customers. And we work with the leaders of those organizations to help um, mine their most deeply held beliefs, uh, capture them into what we call uh, a, a matrix or, or belief system matrix, and infuse that matrix within the culture and then ultimately express it to the outside world. Uh, so it's a lot of work that has to do with um, brand evolution, but it's really business evolution at its heart. Yeah, it's incredible, and especially the matrix work, because uh, I know a lot of times, and we've seen other systems in the past that kind of gloss over that, where they try to get the theme or the culture of an organization, and they'll use uh, a lot of what I like to call square peg and round hole exercises, and it really doesn't get to the bottom of you know, what the belief system and, you know, the leadership style and, and mandate of, of the executives are and the organization and making sure that's in alignment because we see in, in corporate America and not-for-profit world as well where there's a mismatch where you have an executive team that are going down a certain path and the team that they have doesn't seem to either want to go down that way or they don't really understand because the communication hasn't been clear and there hasn't been a way to kind of group everyone together to get a better understanding of, you know, what that organization is truly about and what they're trying to accomplish and, and using a, a very cheap term, get everybody on the same page. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's so interesting. You use the the square peg in the round hole, or really this, um, you know, the kind of, kind of like the old old paradigm of of uh, leadership, which was the more commanding control system of leadership, which, uh, as we all know, took kind of took the form of you know, the leadership decided here's what we're going to do, and then everybody else sort of um, followed suit uh, or didn't. Uh, they they either stayed or left. Um, and it was, you know, kind of fear-based. Uh, it was, you know, sort of, you know, carrot and stick mindset. Um, and, it, you know, it's been proven over and over again that that really doesn't work in in cultural life uh, or in organizational life. And so a lot of the work that I do has to do with really touching into the human nature and the core element of our of our need to belong. Um, as a human species, you know, we're, we're sort of raised in, in this world. We're brought up uh, with a, a very deep-seated need for not just connection, but for collaboration. Uh, Darwin even talks about it in, in most of his writings and that, you know, we are successful as a species because of our ability to both collaborate and adapt. And if we think about that in cultural terms and we think about the people who work for organizations and contribute not just their time and energy, but ideally their passion, uh, they raise their hand and they say, I want to belong or, or, or contribute to something that's larger than myself. So if an organization can bring along um, as many people as possible uh, or a full, full load of organizational um, staff that says, you know what, I, I fully agree with what this organization is trying to, trying to do. It's bigger than myself, and I have the opportunity to, to contribute my, my own personal genius or my skill set into that organization. Then you have an organization that is both um, thriving, it's curious, it's creative, uh, and it's working based on the uh, purpose-oriented mindset versus a, a, a command and control or fear-oriented mindset. In the work that you've done, and I'm sure you've encountered this because I've seen it in, in, in my stuff too, where you go into an organization and you've got multiple generations. So you've got the people that are identified as the baby boomers and then uh, Generation X and then our uh, frequently picked on millennial population, uh, which I think is uh, improper um, because it's it, they're a generation that, at least from my observation, uh, appears to want to make a huge contribution, but not make it their twenty four seven existence. Mm. Um, I'm I'm curious to see you know what what are some of the things that you've seen when you've been working with these organizations. Yeah, you know it's it's so <laughs> interesting that that you bless you uh, that you Thank bring you. that up. You know, I agree. I think millennials. Um, have been unfairly characterized as sort of slackers and sort of half in and what they do. And, you know, as a father of two young men who, who are of the millennial generation, I can attest that uh, they in particular and, and many of the, the young people that I've, I've worked with over the years, uh, not just in my organization, but in other organizations, they actually care very deeply the way they express themselves is very different. And, you know, it's interesting as, you know, I'm in my fifties now, and as you look back over time, uh, there's not been a younger generation that's ever been fairly characterized. So you go back into the, like the 1960s, for instance, and we think about 
who the folks who are now baby boomers and the way that they were looked upon by the older generation and the change that they were making back in the 1960s and, and um, you know, in North America, wow, really, and uh, even in Europe and things like that. Uh, they were always thought to be like, how are these people ever going to rule the world <laughs> or be in charge kind of thing. Um, but my experience has been millennials actually care very deeply. And while their work isn't always their life, they're very purpose driven. In fact, they, they, uh, for the, for the most part, I have seen that they, they are, they, they want to raise their hand and contribute very, um, very heavily into something that makes a difference in the world. And once you get that particular type of energy behind them, or they understand what, what, that, what that opportunity is in their world, uh, I've seen that they can be massive contributors uh, on every level of the organization. And some of the challenges that we see is how the different, the g- different generations actually see one another and, and they get along because, you know, if you were to ask a millennial, how do they feel about a baby boomer? They would say that they're out of touch and they're they're you know not digital natives. They don't understand technology and things like that, which is also an unfair character characterization. Yeah, I've seen it myself, and I you know my my take on on the on that particular generation is they are extremely engaged. Uh, they are, and they want to break down the silos that. Uh, previous generations have established, you know, they want more information because they want to make the best informed decisions that they can. And they want access to information that sometimes may not be easily available because of either privacy, HR files, you name it. Um, they, They want to understand. They have this strong desire to learn uh, and, um, it's it's a resource that every organization definitely needs to encourage and nurture and figure out ways to uh, allow every generation to operate at their absolute best because when you do that, then you have an absolutely stellar organization that's going to do incredible things. So as far as the clients you work with, you know, describe your ideal client. You know, who, who do you like working with um, and, you know, without, you know, giving hints on the companies you don't like working with, but, uh, but you know, who, who are some of your ideal clients, the avatar, what do they look like? Uh, you know, what, what, you know, what, what makes it easy to work with them? Yeah. As, as I talked about in the beginning, um, they, they're, they're typically facing, uh, either an actual crisis or something that would borderline a crisis. Um, and they realize that, the way that they've been doing business perhaps is not necessarily working for them. And that the way that they want to do business is to capture um, a deeply held belief system and put that to work within their organization. So, you know, the work that I do is, is fairly industry agnostic. Um, you know, I've worked with uh, clients that range from as large as Samsung and, as small as a you know local nonprofit here in San Diego, um, and the ideal client is really willing to make that change and 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 foster a big evolution within their organization, and they're they're wanting to do that on multiple levels. They 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 first identify that they have a particular challenge or there's there's a force that's really creating the change. Uh, they're they're 
as an organization committed. Um, so it's not like just the leadership is talking, but they, they've, they've gotten buy-in um, at really every level across the organization uh, to make the, the evolution work uh, take root. They're willing to do it both from a cultural side and they're willing to change their, uh, their perception or the brand experience from the customer side. And they've also, uh, they're also you know, quite clear that they're willing to put the resources, both time, energy, focus, and money behind it in order to, to make the leap because they understand uh, they've probably done some research on what a purpose-driven organization can actually accomplish. And they, they have some understanding of what that can do for the future of the organization. That's great. And if you were to give one piece of advice for organizations to help prevent them, not, not to eliminate your job, of course, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, what kind of advice would you give to organizations that they could do to help kind of prevent or mitigate coming into an absolute crisis situation. You know, things are happening, you know, the external forces can happen and they may still need to address certain things, but is there one piece of advice you could give to an organization uh, that they could really do to help mitigate or at least lessen the impact of some of the challenges that you see with your clients? Yeah, you know, the it's interesting, it's, it, it's, this may sound weird, but um, the, Having a very strong purpose and working from that purpose within your organization can can mitigate the out of control chaos that exterior forces can play on an, an organization. Because really, what it does is it acts as both a compass and a rudder. And you know, so no organization, no individual, even can control what happens to them. But what we can control is how we respond to those things that do happen. And when an organization works with a very strong center or a very strong purpose, they better make decisions or they make better decisions, actually both are true, um, in dealing with a crisis scenario. So they keep an eye on the big picture, they keep an eye on the long term, and because they, they're holding their own center, they're more able to react and respond in the way that works best for their organization. So there's a whole difference in, you know, the way would, we would, uh, as it both individuals and organizations, respond to a crisis versus react to a crisis. And the difference there is when we're in a crisis and we simply react to it, it tends to be a, a temporary solution versus a response is a much more strategic, uh, holistic, and wholehearted solution that comes from the center of the organization and thinks about what's best for the future of the organization versus dealing with just the issue at hand. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Now, uh, I, last question before um, I, I'll let you, you know, share anything else you'd like to share five years from now. This is not the five year plan question. I'm not, no, I'm not giving you that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We remember those five years. I don't even know where I'm going to be in five days, much less five years. Uh, Five-year question: Where where do you see the nth degree? Um, where what what's your, your dreams and aspirations, and what's what's the goal for the organization in twenty twenty three? If my math is correct. Wow. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. Wow. It's I know. So wow. <laughs> say like five years, and I think, well, okay, five years. That's really hard to imagine. But then you start putting dates to it, and they they sound so futuristic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah they do. 
So, you know, part of my, my driving purpose is really to help organizations to discover and, and thrive based on uh, their own purpose. And I just love what I do. And so I just want to keep doing more of it. And uh, there's no shortage of organizations out there that, that need this kind of work and need this kind of thinking. Um, I think in five years, uh, I'm working on a book right now that's called The Evolved Brand. Uh, within a year, hopefully that book is out um, and impacting the world in a very, um, uh, in a very mindful and a very uh, purpose-driven and a very serious way. Um, and, uh, and hopefully beginning to uh, evangelize um, the, the manifesto within that, that mindset of the evolved brand, which is really part and parcel to everything that we're talking here today. And then I just want to, I want to see more and more organizations uh, live and work from their own purpose. And uh, I see this happening a great deal, uh, especially in North America, United States, Canada, uh, a little bit out and through um, uh, Europe. Uh, but there's other parts of the world that haven't, this hasn't really caught on. So in five years from now, I'd love to see uh, this work being done in uh, other parts of the world. Um, and especially in, in Asia and other, other more evolving cultures. That's, that's some awesome work and um, I'm confident you're going to get there and probably exceed your expectations because when organizations find their purpose, that's when they are truly serving uh, their clients and their customers and, and the greater good. So thank you so much for that. And, and thank you for your time today. Um, how can our audience members find you and find out more about the Empth degree? Yeah. And thanks so much for holding the space and for the conversation today. And I hope this was valuable both to you and to your audience. Um, the best way to get up with me or find out more about Empth degree is through our website, which is theemphdegree.com. And, uh, you know, it's got a lot of tools and I do a, a lot of writing, uh, thought leadership, putting, putting that out into the world, writing for other publications as well. And then I also do a lot of talking, uh, public speaking and workshops on curiosity and how curiosity can evolve into innovation within cultures. And there's a free download that I've uh, posted up on our website. If people go to theemphdegree.com slash curiosity, they can download the free curiosity tool toolkit right there. Awesome. And audience, we will definitely have all of those links in the show notes. And I highly encourage you to go check it out because I think even as an individual, you follow some of these uh, techniques that Stephen uh, has discussed today. It's going to make you a better person. You're going to be a better employee for your organization or a better entrepreneur. And, uh, you'll make a gigantic impact in this world. So, Stephen, once again, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you being on the show and, and sharing your vision and uh, nothing but uh, awesome success in your future. A million thanks, Michael. Really appreciate what you're doing out there and love your show, and it's been an honor to be on it. Thank you. Thank you. appreciate it. And until next time, everybody, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. 
Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.